the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Nine minutes after 10 o'clock, an hour or two is underway on this Monday, the 12th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thanks again to Congressman Jim Jordan, who joined us last segment. Really important information there, particularly about uh, the legislation that he and other House Republicans on the Judiciary Committee are putting forth now to hold big tech accountable for the censorship of conservatives. But it's much more than that. But when we do talk about big tech and censorship, I cannot help but think about Citizens for Free Speech, the grassroots uh, organization uh, that has uh, really kind of risen to prominence in the last year and a half or two years. It was actually born about three years ago, but uh, really over the course of the last couple of years, Citizens for Free Speech is fighting on behalf of everyone, including against the likes of big tech. And joining us now to discuss that is uh, Patrick Wood, who is the founder and executive director of Citizens for Free Speech. Patrick, good to talk to you again. How are you, sir? Good morning, Bob. Doing great, thanks. So let's talk. There's there's a couple of elements here, Patrick, that I want to talk about um, with respect to big tech, because you and I and other members of Citizens for Free Speech, full disclosure, I serve as the um, uh, communications director for Citizens for Free Speech for Patrick Wood. Uh, the thing we've been talking about this for, for uh, some time now, and there's two elements here. Number one is the Judiciary Committee's, uh, agenda that will apparently be introduced as legislation. Uh, it supposedly will speed up and strengthen antitrust enforcement. It'll hold big tech accountable for censorship and increase transparency around tech companies' content moderation decisions. That's one. The other element is President Trump's lawsuit against big tech. Uh, so, big tech. So let's take those in order. Uh, Patrick, your thoughts on uh, what the Congress, or at least some members of the conservative part of Congress, are trying to do to hold big tech accountable for their uh, violation of free, free speech and expression rights? Of course, this is something that we're glad to see 
happen. But on the other hand, we're going to see the clash of the titans um, to see who has more power and more influence. And, of course, this has been a problem with big tech for several years now. They have gained more practical power than some governments have. And uh, this is true, I think, in the United States as well, and, and at least for, for some things. So uh, the fact that uh, Congress or conservative members of Congress are standing up to uh, to make a, a uh, you know a fight against this is is good commendable, but I think they're going to find that there is fierce fierce resistance from the very people that they're trying to put in order. Well, you're obviously right about that. Not only is there resistance to to trying to bring under control some of this you know out of control censorship. There is there is pushback like from the opposite direction. It's not just you know oppose this. It's strengthen the censorship rules against conservative points of view. That's what the uh, congressional Democrats are saying. Not only do they oppose making things fair, they want to strengthen things and make them even more categorically unfair. Because uh, well, they know that if you control the flow of information, which is what big tech does, then you can control the opinion of the people. That's right, and you can control the nation as a result. And, of course, um, we've talked about this before. This is, this is um, a sign that a revolution is taking place right now. When, when communication is shut down by revolutionary forces, if you will, this is always the very first thing that happens when a country is attempted to be taken over. And we've seen it in Russia and Germany and Mozambique and what used to be Rhodesia and so on. We've seen this happen all over the world. They go for the media first to get control of the media in order to spew out the propaganda that uh, that the people will buy and kind of knuckle under, if you will. This is really a full court, a full press attack on uh, free speech from top to bottom. First Amendment from top to bottom. It's not just free speech. It's, of course, it's freedom of the press. It's um, uh, you know freedom of expression of religion. Uh, this is also being canceled across the country. I, I was just uh, up in Canada. I was just took note of a of a, a story that says that churches are being burned across all across Canada right now. Yeah, it's right. like you go what? <laughs> um, this is these are revolutionary times and these are revolutionary tactics. And uh, America in general needs to get in touch with this. Uh, of course, our legislators do as well. But um, uh, you know, we we don't maybe perhaps don't have too long to. Uh, <laughs> to take care of this problem, but I am glad that some uh, congressmen and senators are standing up and saying, hey, enough is enough. We need to stop this now. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the uh, situation north of our border, uh, you know, the the government up there is yawning at the burning of those churches. They literally are saying nothing about it. They are letting the uh, the radicals essentially take over, and that is something we're trying to stop here in the United States. We're talking to Patrick Wood, who's the executive director of Citizens for Free Speech, which you can find at citizensforfreespeech.org. Patrick, real quick, you mentioned congressmen and senators stepping up. So is the former president. He announced last week a massive lawsuit against Apple, Google, Facebook, and Twitter for censoring specifically conservatives. And just so people don't misunderstand, CFFS is not a partisan organization just here to be an arm of the Republican Party. But what we are here to do is to stand up for free speech rights. No matter whose rights are being stripped, we battle that because we support the First Amendment for everybody, right? That's exactly right, and. This is a core American value, and it's always been that way since the founding of our country. 
um, everybody has a right to free speech. And, of course, we've spent a lot of time defining, well, what is free speech and how is, is, does free speech have to be responsible? Uh, does it have to be, um, you know, does it mean that anybody can just go out in the, uh, you know, in the public arena and just scream any obscenity they want? Well, we, we, we won't cover that right now, but there are some caveats to what free speech is supposed to be in America. That's exactly right. And, you know, Patrick, we often talk, and for the last couple of years, and specifically, uh, about the First Amendment violations put in place by the government in response to COVID-19 and the pandemic. Uh, we have fought tooth and nail against the mask mandates. We have fought tooth and nail against closing churches, which violates freedom of religion. Closing schools and, and other locations violates freedom of assembly. All of those things are covered here. And if we thought all of this was in the rearview mirror, I guess, Patrick, it's time to think again, right? Because uh, the CDC has declared that only vaccinated students uh, can go without masks indoors at schools when schools reopen this fall. Unvaccinated students should mask, or at least it should be up to the individual districts. And the number two the headline I have in front of me, I want you to comment on, Patrick, from CNBC. Americans will need masks indoors as U.S. heads for dangerous fall with surge in Delta COVID cases. Here we go again. Patrick, is that is that the message here? we got to go through all of this it, again? It is. It is. Here we go again. And this was easily predictable. If, if one had the, the thought that we're in the middle of a, of a revolution and a takeover of media, then you know that what happened last year was just the beginning. It was the open salvo, if you will. And uh, this is a, an extension of that very same thing. What we need to remember, Bob, is this is a global program. It's not just in America. We are concerned about America. We live here. But this is a global phenomenon that's going on. Same thing everywhere. And that tells you that somebody from the top is pulling the strings and manipulating nations, including ours, for a particular uh, outcome. And we're fighting this on a local basis, but we also need to recognize this is a global program that's being imposed on us right now to break us down. And that means, basically, as far as I'm concerned, anybody that has two brain cells to rub together should just say, I'm not going to play this role. I'm just simply not going to go along with it. I'm not going to do what they want me to do, period. And if enough people were just to say, game over for them, game would be over. But we're not at that point yet. Patrick Wood is my guest. He is the executive director of Citizens for Free Speech. And again, I urge you to visit citizensforfreespeech.org. And because we're here in Ohio, we have an Ohio chapter of CFFS as well, citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Become a member. We need more members because that carries more weight whenever we try to uh, uh, express our opinion on policy to our legislators and so forth. So more members, more donations are always needed. So please make sure you uh, visit and donate if you can at citizensforfreespeech.org patrick there's a flyer <clears throat> that citizens for free speech has been handing out at events and speeches and so on and so forth i have some of them in my hand because i pass them out whenever i give speeches about informed consent when it comes to vaccine this is a big deal now uh the there is a call for joe biden and the executive branch of the federal government to actually mandate now mandate um vaccines particularly in the parts of the country where the delta variant has been most rapidly spreading which they say coincides with the uh, fewest numbers of vaccines so they're calling for mandatory vaccines from the government and even if they don't get that 
They're calling for mandatory vaccines for kids to get back onto college campuses, into schools, back to their workplace. Um, Tell me about informed consent, which is one of the flyers that we pass out that has to do with whether or not people have a right to refuse said vaccines. Well, that's right. And the brochure that we created was written by um, an esteemed uh, neurosurgeon, retired now, by the name of Russell, Dr. Russell Blaylock. And uh, he did this for us to help people uh, get the information that would allow them to have informed consent. This is not being uh, done routinely across the entire medical community. Uh, the, the other side of the story, in other words, is not being told. It's being censored. Of course, that's where CFFS comes in. The censorship of this type of information is life-threatening to many people. So we created this brochure uh, just as a simple little handout that people can pass on uh, to say, here, if you want to know kind of what you need to be informed about, read this brochure, and it will give you some very quick ideas. It's, It's not complete. It's not meant to be exhaustive. It's just meant to cover the overall basis, you know, like, Here's a question. Should pregnant women uh, take the vaccine if they're pregnant? Well, uh, if you don't have the answer to that, you need this brochure. <laughs> a lot of people have questions about this uh, because probably 50% of America has some type of comorbidity already, whether it's diabetes or maybe heart issues or maybe some, um, you know, some other uh, chronic um, um diseases like fibromyalgia and so on. All these things are important when considering whether or not to take a vaccine. And we're not saying don't ever take a vaccine. That's not really the point. You have the right to choose. It's your body. It's your health. If you choose to take a vaccine, then God bless you. You should go ahead and do it. I guess we'll right. do it. But I, we, I'm not, and a lot of people don't want to take it because once they see the information, they say, no, I'm not going to do this. And right now, this is about 50% of America, by the way that's saying, I don't think I'm going to take that vaccine this time around. There's a line, Patrick Wood, in this uh, trifold glossy brochure, which people can, by the way, order in packs of 25, I think, on the website at citizensforfreespeech.org so that you can distribute them to people in your child's school or in your church or whatever group that you might be in where people need this information. There's a line in this, Patrick, which I think summarizes very nicely what we're trying to say. You have the right to refuse any drug that is unapproved by the FDA, and you are totally, or excuse me, you are legally protected from discrimination if you decline such drugs. And people need to know that. This, these, these drugs, the Johnson & Johnson, the Pfizer and the Moderna, they are all granted emergency authorization by the FDA, but they were not approved by the FDA. So if you say, no, I don't want that, you are legally protected from being discriminated against. And that means getting your job back or going to college once this fall term starts, all of those things. You cannot be denied access under the law. That's exactly right. And it is unfortunate on this particular issue. It seems the entire planet has gone lawless. There are laws in every country uh, different than ours, but I mean basically the same thing. And the world has gone lawless, and America certainly gone lawless, because you can take this type of discrimination case, again, you know, up to a, to a federal agency, they'll tell you to get lost, um, even though the law is just as clear as clear can be. Um, and the same thing is going to happen when, uh, with, with Biden's, uh, the Biden administration's, uh, knock program, uh, door knocking program, where yeah. they're going to go around and encourage people to take vaccines. This is patently illegal. It's against federal law, very clearly. Yet, 
They just say, oh, we have to do it because it's a medical emergency. Well, no, actually, no, we don't. People, once people get the idea in their head that this is illegal by their own rules, they're going to say, no, no, you can't come on my property. You can't do that. But um, awareness is the first thing, really, that people need to get in their brain, to know what your rights are under the law and then refuse to allow people to bully you into violating the law, it's the law of the land. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's straight-up bullying. It's threatening, and it is indeed the legal term here. It's discriminating against people based on their own medical choices. Patrick oh Wood, my. terrific information all the way through. I urge people again, visit citizensforfreespeech.org. Become a member while you are there. Become a volunteer if you want to take the next step. Donate if you can. We certainly need the assistance. And obviously, these... Uh, uh, trifold brochures are available as well, and you should really get them in your hands. Share them with people who say, hey, why don't you want to take the vaccine? Hand them this extraordinarily important and expansive explanation from Dr. Russell Blaylock and say, here's why. And here's also why, by the way, you cannot discriminate against, discriminate against me if I make that choice. Patrick Wood, Executive Director of CFFS, thank you so much for the time. Great information, Patrick. My pleasure, Rob. Anytime. All right. 1024, we'll take uh, time out here. Come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, only a short minute here, actually a little bit less than a minute before the bottom of the hour. Went a little bit long with Patrick Wood, but I apologize for that. Not great information, citizensforfreespeech.org. Make sure you check it out and become a member. It's free. And they will not share your information or sell your information when you sign up, by the way. It's a very, very uh, important organization to me. Like I said, I serve as the uh, National Director of Communications for CFFS. And uh, uh, believe me, I wouldn't ask you to join me on this if I wasn't a part of it myself. Coming up in just a couple, we are going to talk about um, the Ohio Board of Education. We're going to talk about parents' right to know. We are going to talk about CRT and over-sexualized sex ed in Ohio schools. Representative John Hagan is going to join us. The uh, board meets today and tomorrow. He'll join us about a resolution that he's got to be introduced coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer all right coming up on 10 35 we continue on am 1420 the answer by the way if you haven't gotten enough of what you're hearing for the last 90 minutes i've got another 30 well 25 here i've got another three hours today because I'll be sitting in for Dennis Prager this afternoon. So if you uh, are of a mind to engage with me a little bit further, along with people from around the country, I'll be hosting Dennis's show today from noon until 3. Of course, aired here from 1 until 3. So the Ohio State Board of Education is meeting today and tomorrow, their monthly meetings. And among the uh, resolutions that they're going to be considering, resolution number 24, Resolution to request a formal opinion of the Attorney General of Ohio in reference to the State Board of Education's resolution to condemn racism and to advance equity and opportunity. 
And if you are hearing the words critical race and theory in your mind right now, you are paying attention. Joining us now to discuss what's going on at the board and what's going on in the Ohio legislature as it pertains to the education of our kids, and now is State Representative John Hagan. Mr. Hagan, good morning. Good to talk to you again. How are you, sir? I am well, Bob, and, and thank you for that. Uh, former State Representative, current uh, State Board member. I'm sorry, State Board member. I beg your pardon. You're right. For, you know, no, funny. No, no problem. I, I, I talk to your daughter, former state representative, as well all the time, and yeah. perhaps future office holder again. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so let's let's talk now about your board that is getting together today, and uh, let's talk about that re- uh, that resolution. And let's talk because you know, uh, Mr. Hagan, I, I I follow all of this stuff about protecting Ohio's children from the over section and I mean over and overt both of those sexualization of children by supposed sex ed lessons uh, teaching our children that half of them are oppressors and half of them are oppressed by way of critical race theory and and I'm wondering what we are going to do with Ohio's public schools so there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, grist for the mill here can you tell me what is the most important on the agenda for uh, today and tomorrow's meetings for you well, for me, uh, certainly this resolution, and I have to I have to bring a new development to your attention. Uh, on Wednesday, I got a call from our board president, Laura Kohler, mm-hmm. uh, to inform me that on Tuesday she had sent a letter uh, to the attorney general asking for a legal opinion on that resolution that they passed back in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, she had not consulted with me at all on that. Uh, it's kind of an end run, in my opinion. Uh, I, I would simply say that uh, very inappropriate, in my mind, to a week before our regular meeting, to as the president of the board, to speak for the board when you haven't had that discussion or a resolution passed by the board asking for an opinion. Uh, she, in my opinion, has stepped way out of her bounds. Of course, in the phone conversation to follow, she suggested that my resolution was now not needed. And I I asked her at that point, did you include my resolution with your letter to the attorney general? And she said, no. And I said, and why is that? And she said, well, because there are things in your resolution that I don't agree with. I said, hence, uh, we need to have that discussion in our full board and hear this resolution. Uh, so that's where we stand at this point. Uh, I would expect uh, some sort of maneuver to try to keep it from being heard, but it is on the agenda at this point, and uh, I will continue to push for openness in our meeting and you know allowing the public to have their involvement. Uh, this um, this resolution uh, is supported, in my opinion, by the. Uh, 20 states attorneys general letter to the uh, federal department of education Mm -hmm. uh, stating that they feel that the department of education's push for uh, priority of projects incorporating racial racially ethically culturally and linguistically diverse perspectives into teaching and learning is CRT and is not legal uh, in state or federal law as it is racism. Uh, 
So I'll I'll stop there because I know you you have more to say. And, I do. And I've got questions. I've got some follow ups on this, and and that you kind of started touching on it. I wanted to give you have you give everyone a summary, a thumbnail <laughs> sketch of of what your resolution is that she did not see fit to include in her letter to the uh, to the attorney general. So uh, can you give us a little bit more on what specifically your resolution says? And then if she told you in your phone conversation, I don't know if she did or not, which parts of it she found so objectionable that she would not. I- include that with the uh with the letter to the attorney general she we did not have that discussion um so that it didn't get to that point uh i i simply told her that this does not uh mean that my resolution doesn't need to be heard um as far as the parts that uh would not be addressed in just a straight-up letter asking for an opinion uh it is the background and that is you know how this uh, passed with 12 affirmative votes, five opposed, and one abstention. Uh, members uh, duly elected being split 5-5 five, five, and 1. And essentially then the uh, resolution being carried primarily by appointees of the governor. Uh, that is that is part of my resolution, is just in a whereas to point this mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whereas the board president allows verbal presentation in support of the resolution and denies verbal presentations in opposition of those opposed. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about the attorney general's letter, uh, pointing out specifically and actually listing two paragraphs from that letter that pretty well spell out why this shouldn't be happening. Uh, Whereas the priorities outlined in the board's resolution are very similar to the priorities stated in the attorney general's letter in which he states or they state that uh, it is uh, very similar to CRT, which we all know is a Marxist uh, instrument. Absolutely. Uh, So so what it calls for is... uh, the formal opinion of both state and federal laws and legal legal authority, or lack thereof, of the Board of Education's action. Uh, and, and to get to that, you have to know what the actions are. And one of those actions was to require that uh, presentations be made to our board uh, so that we could figure out our biases that we don't know we have and try to deal with that. Uh, they're trying to make us better people, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you, you get my gist. I do, I do the, indeed, and uh, it's and it's this, it's, this. it's insulting. It's insulting, by the way, uh, for them to feel yeah. that they they really do because that's what they think. They think that they're opening your eyes to unconscious biases that you have and and prejudices that you have that you need to be alerted to so that you can stop being so uh, you know prejudicial against other people. Uh, it's insulting yeah. to suggest that anybody that doesn't see things their way is seeing things through those uh, sort of sorts of a lens. Um, we are talking with John Hagan. John is a former state representative, now a member of the Ohio School Board. Does the president's position uh, have that kind of power, the president of the board, to make the decisions that she did, that this is what we'll present to the, uh, first of all, as you said, going to the attorney general at all without consulting and having conversation with the rest of the board, and then to decide what is presented to the attorney general uh, in the way that she did. It, does that kind of, you know, is, is that in the president of the board's purview, or is she stepping way outside of it? 
I, I don't believe so. I, I, I don't believe that she uh, has that power. Uh, she stated that the attorney uh, told her that uh, there was precedent for this and that that's what they're going with. Um, and, of course, my comment about precedence is that uh, there are lots of precedents that, and oftentimes they end up in court, and people get to figure out whether they're legal or not. Right. Uh, but because someone did something, uh, for instance, if I, if I were to jaywalk across the street here in front of the department where I'm sitting, um, that would be setting a precedent for others, and apparently then they could all jaywalk, and it wouldn't be against the law anymore, right? I guess is that how it works? That's kind of uh, how they want you to see it, yeah. So, so the the other the important things that I want to get across that the resolution uh, requires that we're looking at the legal authority of the board to take the action, and the actions again uh, requiring that all of our employees at the department take this training, you know, to find out their biases, et cetera. Uh, some call it anti-racism training, so I, I think I'll defer to that. Uh, the, the farther part of it is all contractors that deal with the uh, department, uh, imagine how far-reaching that is and how asinine that is, and if it could be enforced, how much it costs to eliminate some bidders because uh, you've re- put these requirements in that they either don't want to do or are not able to do. Uh, they may very well have legal precedent that prevents them from forcing this on their employees. Uh, all this is so over the top; it's just bizarre. Well, you know, uh, but, what, what but, I what I what I think about you know anti-racism training and the things you're talking about, everybody having to undergo, is it's not being treated fairly or everyone is not being treated fairly because anti-racism training as is advanced by ibram x kendi the who which of course is not his real name which is part of critical race theory and founded in critical race theory is very specifically racist against people who are white so in other words everybody might have to go through the training but it is only white people who will be attacked insulted declared to be uh inherently to their dna racist and bigoted and privileged and so forth and anybody else who's of a different race gets to sit back and put their feet up and watch the white people squirm. I don't know how that yeah. could possibly be considered constitutional uh, and non-discriminatory. That is discriminatory by its very nature, it, it, uh, and it, it should be a violation of the, the Civil Rights Absolutely. Act. Absolutely. The other part that I want to point out that is in my resolution, and of course is not taken care of by a letter from the president to the attorney general, is the final resolve, and that is further resolved that all actions resulting from the directives of the resolution cease until a formal opinion supporting them is received from the Attorney General of Ohio. So this this would require the department to stop going out and uh, presenting training to uh, people in districts, you know, providing all these tools, as, as if you'd like to call it that, uh, that they're doing now. Uh, this would hold that off until there was an opinion that said it was okay. Uh, in my opinion, that stops it altogether. Uh, that is the final line of this resolution, uh, and that's probably the most important part of the resolution that is uh, not at all part of the letter that she put to the Attorney General. 
Uh, John Hagan, is that is that resolution uh, for public uh, consumption? In other words, can I see it? That's absolutely. Okay, absolutely. maybe before we hang up, uh, before we hang up, after we finish our interview, I'll ask you to stay on hold and maybe uh, tell uh, Marcy how you can get that because I would like to read it in its entirety for myself. Uh, for, for yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think you, ha- I think you have the the previous resolution, right? This uh, one that everyone calls resolution resolution twenty. Yep. Yeah, I have that yeah. one. You have that, um, and, and you know one of the things I'll point out here is, you know, further resolve. This is in the other resolution that I'm trying to get rid of. State Board of Ex- Education directs the department to provide support for schools' reflection and internal examination, including identifying and sharing curriculum models and resources, promoting sessions to allow districts to share and collaborate in their actions. Now, you know, in a, in a situation where we hear nothing but complaints about not enough money for education, look at the burden that's being put on by this board, uh, if they have the authority to do that, uh, to local districts to do all this extra work that has nothing to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic. Um that's that's extraordinarily important too uh john last question i have for you is since she went direct laura kohler went directly to the attorney general with that letter and her cherry-picked version of what the attorney general needed to hear not including your resolution uh because of her objections do you have any idea where dave yo stands on this any idea what kind of response you would get from him well i'm hopeful that uh because he's a signer on the 20 attorneys general letter uh, in its very similar material that you'll see it a lot like I see it. Uh, but of course, you know, he's an attorney uh, and we all deal with attorneys. So I, I won't uh, go any further than that, okay. but to say, we'll see what, what happens. Yeah. The, the only reason I ask is I've, you know, it's cause it's tough. Even if he feels a certain way, it, it depends on how a resolution is worded. Um, because nobody wants to be on the record as saying I oppose something that calls for equal treatment of everyone. Now, they like to play well, word it, games yeah, here, it, and it, they think that because equal uh, starts with the first four letters that equality does, that they're the same thing. Or, excuse me, that equity starts with the yeah, same equity, four letters that equality yeah, it, does, and they're not the same things. And I would imagine neither always, Dave, Dave Yost or anybody else wants to be accused of Yeah, go ahead. We always need to make that distinction that that when we talk about equity, this is equity of outcome. Uh, so this is nothing like equality. Right. Uh, e- equality is equal treatment. Uh, equity well, equal- of equality, equality of opportunity rather than equity of... And, and the re- that's the reason I brought it up, because I'm looking at your resolution, uh, uh, the description of the agenda today, and it shows number 24, resolution to request a formal opinion of the Attorney General of Ohio in reference to the State Board of Education's resolution to condemn racism and to advance equity and opportunity. They're literally trying to confuse people by using equity next to opportunity when that's not what this is. Equality of opportunity is very different than equity of outcomes. So they're literally trying to confuse them. And then if the, if the Attorney General issues an opinion that says, no, I disagree with this, it'll make it look like, oh, you're not against racism? You don't agree with opportunity? They're, they're, they're literally going to try to paint him into a corner. That's the reason I wonder how he'll respond. Well, and, and I, I think that, uh, you know, politics plays too often, but you know, it does play here. Uh, if you look at the... Uh, 
national uh, coverage on these issues, and you look at where people are at, I don't think you'll be shy uh, okay. of treating this as what it is. Uh, I, I think that it. I think that it, in this state, that this would play in your favor. Uh, so I, I think that 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 probably will not be uh, something they'll hide up, hide behind, or hide or or dodge. But again, you know, that's speculation on my part. Uh, it, it's important to understand that uh, these are politicians. That's right. That That's very well said. Uh, and that includes the Attorney General. By the way, your colleague, Kirsten Hill, just stepped up and sent it to me. I have your full uh, resolution in front of me now, so I do have the full language of it. So that's terrific. So awesome. Thank you to, the, other, yeah. the other thing you should have is the letter that I spoke about uh, from the uh, or to oh. the Department of Education from the 20 state attorney general. Attorney I, would general. Lo- I would love to see that, too. I do not have that. So if there's a way I can get I, that, that would, that would help we, a lot. We, we will get that to you. If Kirsten has that connection, I'll talk to her about that. John uh, Hagan, thank, thank you so much for, for all of the information you're presenting us. Thank you for this resolution, and I look forward to uh, hearing how this thing uh, plays out over the course of the next two days. I thank you, and thank you always for helping people be uh, informed and knowledgeable about what's going on. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Uh, and that's and I mean that, too. You know, uh, here's how I educate and inform people. I bring on people who are more educated and informed than I am. People like John Hagan. He knows, and that's why he wrote this resolution. So I do have it in its entirety now, and, and we'll see uh, what the discussion uh, during the board meetings today and tomorrow, uh, uh, see what they present. Okay, 1053, final segment coming up after this. Okay, 1057, final segment. Obviously a very short one, but the good news is I'm not done talking to you today. I've got a lot more to cover when I sit in for Dennis Prager today. So you've got Mike Gallagher coming up, then you're going to get an hour of Charlie Kirk. I'll be on live here for the last two hours of the Prager Show from 1 until 3. But, of course, I will be on Dennis Prager's website from one and, or from noon until 3, doing the entire three-hour show. So there will be a lot more for us to cover there. And I will cover on the national level. The Ohio story that we are just discussing right now, it is extraordinarily important what's going on in the state of Ohio, in the Board of Education. This is being repeated. I hope, anyway, that there are people repeating with resolutions opposing critical race theory and racist ideology and racist Marxist ideology in every state. The way that John Hagan and Kirsten Hill and Sarah Fowler Arthur and others who are fighting very, very hard, and former members, board members like Lisa Woods, fighting very, very hard on behalf of Ohio's kids. Um, and I hope it's happening in every single state. So I'll talk about this a little bit more um, uh, during the Dennis Prager show, as well as the story of the Cuban, uh, I, I don't want to call it a revolution. It's Right now it's a Cuban uprising, Cuban protesting, Cuban anger, Cuban whatever you want to call it. But the people down in Cuba, which I started the show with and I'm going to talk more about in the uh, uh, Dennis Prager show, the people down in Cuba are waving the American flag and chanting how they want freedom. Liberal Democrats in America are burning the American flag or kneeling before it or desecrating it in some way and screaming how they want an end to capitalism. Think about that for just a moment. 
Uh, thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Thanks to my guest, Jim Jordan. Thanks to uh, uh, Patrick Wood from Citizens for Free Speech at citizensforfreespeech.org. And, of course, thank you so much to uh, John Hagan, who we just finished with. Thanks to the crew as well. Jonathan ran the show today. Josh helping him out, Marcy. And thanks to you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow with Kirsten out. Oh! We'll have a special guest at 9.35 tomorrow as well. I'll tell you all about that. But uh, but Kirsten Day tomorrow as well. So be here for that on AM 1420, The Answer.